Father, we firmly believe that there is none like You. You are the true and living God, the Almighty God, a God of all power and all might. Father, in Jesus' name, touch lives that are here, touch lives that are listening. Even as they look to You by faith, just sitting in Your presence, oh God, let Your power flow. Let Your hand touch them. Let Your Spirit speak to them. Strengthen, encourage, comfort many hearts tonight. Father, as we open up the bread of life, as we look into Your Word, speak to us. Give us fresh understanding. Help us to embrace it. Help us to believe it. Help us to live it. In Jesus' name, and all God's people said, And God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. If you have your Bibles, if you go to Luke 14, we're going to spend a couple of weeks spread out talking about the parable of the great banquet. The parable of the great banquet. So we'll start reading a few verses in the beginning of the chapter. Then we'll get to the main story we want to expand on. Luke 14, and beginning with verse 1, the Bible says, One Sabbath. When Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. There in front of him was a man suffering from dropsy. Jesus asked the Pharisees and experts in the law, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. So taking a hold of the man, he healed him and sent him on his way. Now if you would jump over to verse 15. Verse 15. After Jesus tells a couple, three stories, tells one more. says, when one of those at the table heard this, he said to Jesus, Blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. And Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those that had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I've just bought a field and I've got to see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married. I can't come. The servant went back and reported to his master. Then the owner of the house became angry. And he ordered his servants to go quickly into the streets, the alleys of the towns, and bring in the poor and the crippled, the blind and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you've ordered has been done, but there's still room. How many know there's still land to be taken? Amen? Amen. There's still lives to be rescued and touched. There's still more to do. There's so much more to do. And then the master told the servant, verse 23, Go, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in. Encourage them. Urge them. Persuade them. Compel them to come in so my house may be full. He wants his house full, doesn't he? He says, I'll tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. I want to talk about the great banquet, the parable of the great banquet. Jesus was a guest at the table, a very prominent Pharisee, a religious leader. And during the meal, Jesus told several um, parables, and he climaxed what we call the parable of the great banquet or the great supper. And in the parables, he taught several important lessons. Number one, he started out with a lesson in sympathy. A lesson in sympathy. And we, we see that in verses 1 through 6. They were gathering, and there was a man with dropsy. That's kind of where there's a buildup of fluid in someone's life. And it's usually a sign of a cancer. It's usually a sign of another disease. 
dropsy, okay? There was um, gathering there, and a man with dropsy came and stood right in front of Jesus. And um, whether he wandered in off the street, which was kind of the way the houses were, you could do that, or whether he was planted by the religious leaders who were always trying to get Jesus in trouble, especially when it came to that Sabbath. Amen? They made that Sabbath something God never intended it to be. But Jesus saw the man there sick, and the fact of the matter is Jesus did heal him, and then he spoke about compassion. And he pretty much told them, shouldn't you treat people better than you do your animals? That's where he said, you know, if a donkey or someone falls in a well, don't you, heal, don't you rescue it? How much more? A person. And so again, Jesus begins with a lesson in sympathy. And when we study our Bibles, if we study Jesus at all, he lived and he taught compassion. In fact, the Bible, especially the New Testament, Old Testament also, God is a God of compassion. And God wants a people whose hearts are filled with his love for other people, people that aren't like us, people that are hurting. And may our compassion lead us to action. But he tells a story about a lesson in sympathy. They were very religious and they thought they were something else, but they had no compassion for hurting people. And God's saying, you know what? You must not know me very well. Because if you really know me, you will be like me. And you will love people like I love people. Amen? All right. Secondly, there's a lesson in humility. After that, verses 7 through 11, Jesus, while he was healing the man... He notices and he watches the guests that are there all kind of jockeying for the best seats, fighting for the best seats. We see that verses 7 through 11. And Jesus saw that spirit of competition, that spirit of self-ambition and the pride of man, the desire to be first and the desire to be seen. And, you know, God's not pleased with that, is he? God, God doesn't, you know, God's not into, you know, make, you know, being a self-made man. All right. One, one guy wanted to impress his date and, and he, he said, I'm a self-made man. She says, well, that explains it. Amen. That explains it. Amen. Yeah. Some people, you shouldn't admit you're a self-made man because that. All right. All right. But what people do to get the praise of man, sell their soul for that. Right. And Jesus in verses seven through 11, he gives a lesson in humility. He communicates the fact that, you know, remember he told the story, when you go to a banquet, don't take the best seat, go sit back there. Then the master comes in, if he recognizes you, he'll move you up. And Jesus is telling us in that story, you know what, we're not in charge of the seating the host is. Isn't that what the Bible teaches, Psalm 78, uh, 75, excuse me? It says that promotion comes from the Lord, doesn't he? And that man, God lifts up, God puts down. And as those that follow him, we should walk in humility. Humbly serving the Lord, being humble with one another, and let God exalt, let God promote. And so Jesus, again, when he saw the haughtiness, and in fact, if you see that verses um, 10 and 11, that's kind of a key verse here, where Jesus says, For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. So Jesus begins a lesson in sympathy. Lord, give us hearts of compassion. Amen? Lord, fill my heart. You know, we have to watch out in this world. There's a certain measure that you have to be able to live in this world. But don't get calloused. Don't get hard because of the world. We've got to stay in the presence of God. Amen? Don't be an ugly Christian. I know that's an oxymoron. But I see some Christians, they don't got the love of God in them. Jesus said, if you've got to love your enemies, they can't even love their brothers. Isn't that, one, isn't that something? Isn't that right? We don't love people that don't look like us. We don't love people, oh, I know, hit, hit, hit them where it hurts. But the fact is, that's not the love of God. Amen? I mean, I'm telling you, there's people in our churches never made it to heaven, never loved their brothers. The Bible says you can't get in with that. So I think one of the first things I always want to ask, Lord, give me your love for others. Help me to walk in your love towards others. 
And help me to be compassionate, right? Not just being self-centered, caring about me and my own. But Lord, give me a love to help someone else. Give me a a burden to be part of someone else being lifted up and brought into a, a, a better place. And then humility. And again, Jesus surrounded by all those religious leaders that they thought they were something and they loved the praise of man. We've got to watch that. Amen? It's one thing to show proper appreciation. It's one thing. But sometimes we can go crazy in that. We give it out more awards. We like the world sometimes. Amen? After a while, let's wait till heaven. God will take care of everybody. Isn't that right? And we have to learn. Walk in humility. It's nice to be appreciated. But man, if you always need a slap on the back just because you picked up your shoes, come on. Right? Are you with me? Sometimes we go too much. And you know what? It comes from pride. I want people to know I am. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You know, if you humble yourself, God will exalt you in due time. Don't you worry about putting yourself first. You serve God faithfully and humbly, and God will take care of the rest. Then thirdly, there's a lesson in generosity. And you see that in verses 12 through 14. After Jesus, he had taught um, the, the proud guest a lesson. Jesus then turns to the host and he tries to help him. And he says, and now this is where he says, you know, when you hold a feast, invite the poor and the lame. And the way it's written in the Greek tense, he's saying, listen, when you hold a feast, don't always keep inviting your friends. There's nothing wrong with blessing yours with the blessing of God. That's common sense. But Jesus is saying, you know what? If you're blessed, bless someone that can't afford it. If you're really blessed, you're blessed to be a blessing. So as you're blessed, and obviously you share it with yours, and you take care of your own, which is proper, don't let it stop there. Pass on the blessing. Go to someone less fortunate. Give it away to someone. Jesus taught this so often. He says, don't always keep inviting your friends. Give back. Remember those who are really in need and pass along the blessing. Help the less fortunate. Help those that are, that are hurting. Take your blessing. And don't just... Be inward with it. Just love someone. You don't even have to know them to love someone and pass it on. And then, finally, he gets to the lesson of opportunity. And that's our story. Number one, we've learned that there's a lesson in sympathy. Number two, there's a lesson in humility. Number three, generosity. And finally, opportunity. This is the parable that we call the parable of the Great Supper or the Great Banquet. And it has three scenes that we want to look at in the next few weeks. There's scene number one, which is preparation. There's scene number two, which is invitation. And then there's scene number three, which is condemnation, where we see the owner is actually angry. He's angry. God's heart, you know, we don't talk about the anger of God, but there is an anger of all those that have rejected the sacrifice of His Son, have rejected His mercy that has reached out day by day. But let's start looking at this. There's there's the preparation. And... um, Preparation is verse 17. All things are now ready. They're ready. They're ready. They're ready. Nothing else has to be done. Jesus paid it all. His shed blood. You can be saved. You don't have to wait for anything else. Today is the day of salvation. And, and the preparation means it's ready. Second invitation. Come, come. God, by His Holy Spirit, is calling people to come. And He does it through you and I as we carry out the Great Commission, as we share our faith, as we invite others to come. We let people know, hey, there's a great banquet going on. God has prepared this great salvation for whosoever will. And you can come and you don't have to pay a thing. You just receive. Jesus paid it all. The blood was shed. The table set. Come. And that's why we need to be busy getting the gospel out. The gospel is an invitation. Calling men to come and receive the good news. Come and believe the gospel. 
Your gospel's not just holding on until we hear a trumpet sound. The gospel's go out and let the world know. The table's set. The sacrifice has been made. All you've got to do is receive it. All you've got to do is come. Jesus did it all. But then we see that condemnation. And that's verses 21 through 24, where again the host is angry. And those that um, spurned his invitation, they're not going to get it. It's close to them. And instead, he sends out his servants to go to the highways and the byways to reach out to whosoever will and urge them to come. Because listen, God wants his house full. God wants his house full. And they can come lame. They can come broken. They can come stinky. They can come any way they want. They won't stay that way when they meet Jesus. Amen? They won't stay that way once they start walking with this God. Amen? Because He's a restorer and a reviver. And He's the glory and the lifter of our heads. And He lifts up our lives where sin weighs us down. Sin defiles. Jesus beautifies. And Jesus exalts the life. So let's look at this. Number one, there's the preparation. All things. Verse 17, all things are ready. Isn't that wonderful? Now, here's something neat. Jesus compares salvation to a feast. Not a funeral. Isn't that right? What's the old saying? Some, some Christians look like they got baptized in lemon juice. Amen? I mean, I mean they, they forgot joy of the Lord's in that book somewhere. And there are a lot. Amen? And notice, Jesus compares salvation to a feast. Not a funeral. Not, not, a, um, not, not a famine. A feast. Man, we sing blessed assurance, man. Woo! We sing victory in Jesus, do we not? Isn't that right? We sing, what a wonderful, it's a wonderful change. It's a great salvation, victory in Jesus, man. God the Father has set out a great feast. God the Father has set out a great feast. He knows that lost sinners are spiritually hungry. Lost sinners are spiritually needy and thirsty and spiritually they're ready to die. The Bible is clear. The water of this world doesn't satisfy. The bread of this world is merely a counterfeit. It'll never bring life. It'll never meet the true needs. Let's look at John 4. We start out John 4 and verse 10. And then we'll jump to verse 13. We're calling. There's the opportunity to receive the invitation of God. This is the opportunity. Don't delay in your response to the invitation. Don't delay when God calls you by name. Don't delay when God begins dealing with you. Many people will spend an eternity in hell because they mocked at the gospel invitation. They shrugged it off and shrugged it off. They said, maybe another time. Maybe after I got done doing my thing. But they never did come around. They didn't know they were going to die of an accident. And they wouldn't even hit that 30th birthday. Oh, this is serious here. How many reject the call of God? Many in the church, God calls them to a higher place. God calls them to a more permanent place in the kingdom. But they got too many other things to do first. And time passes by, and before they realize it, they played the games, they've enjoyed temporal things, but they never responded to the eternal. Oh, my. Jesus said to this woman, the Samaritan woman, if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asked you for a drink. If you knew the wonderful Savior and the great salvation He offers you, you wouldn't want to go run around with your buddies thinking that's better than serving the Lord. If you truly knew this Jesus and how great it is to be born again. we got a lot of people in the church never been born again. 
I hate to say that, but let's talk truth a little bit here. Grew up in the church, and they understand it here. There's never been a regeneration there. Listen, when there's regeneration, there's fruit. You've got to know that. When there's regeneration, there's fruit. Am I right or am I right? Isn't that right? And if you knew the gift of God, and who it is that asks if you knew? Jesus and what He offers you. And you'd ask Him and He'd give you living water. He'd give you water, man, that bring, makes you alive forever and forever and makes you have life that is really life. And, and, and I look at that verse of 13 and 14. I like this. Um, I like how the King James says it, but let's go 13 and 14 if we can. And, um, and Jesus is going to talk about the living water. I give you living water. Jesus said, if you drink water from that well, whoever drinks of that water will thirst again. Amen. You thought that relationship, but you're still thirsty. You, you thought that, that dope, and you're still thirsty. You, you thought if I just got that promotion, and then I get my big truck, and then I, you're still thirsty. You thought maybe if I just can be there and to do this and that with my family, because sometimes we make an idol out of that also in this, in this world that we live in. But, but when we realize that sometimes all these things that we thought were that, the whole thing, the big thing, we find out it, we're still thirsty. We find out it really didn't satisfy. We find out that after all, is said and done. I'm still wanting. I'm still empty. I'm still looking. Jesus said, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But look what He says in verse 14. It's beautiful. He says, but whoever drinks the water I give them, whoever drinks of salvation, whoever really comes and lets me make them a new creature, whoever drinks of the water I shall give him will never thirst again. When you're truly saved, You don't want that junk of the world. When you truly say you receive something from heaven that's different than anything temporal, the water that I shall give Him will become in Him a fountain of water springing up into eternal life. Remember that the counterfeits won't endure because they can't provide. They can't provide our forgiveness. They can't provide fulfillment. They cannot provide righteousness. People try this. If I just do this, I'll be fulfilled. Well, they do that and they find out they're not fulfilled. People just say, if I get rid of the guilt and the shame, hey, listen, you can go and listen to the world tell you that wasn't a sin, but if God says it's a sin, it's a sin, and you wonder why I can't get rid of the guilt and shame. This the only way to get true forgiveness is coming to Jesus. And then His blood cleanses you. Then you get rid of the guilt and the shame. Then you're free from the sorrow of the past. Until then, you're just covering it, lying about it. You're just calling it something else. But what God says it is, it is. And the only way to be freed from our sins and our sorrows is through the blood of Jesus. Through receiving the great salvation. It's ready. The table said, come. You don't have to live in that guilt and shame one more day. You don't have to live feeling sorrowful and condemned one more day. You can come to Jesus. You can repent of your sins and He'll wash you and cleanse you and make you every bit clean. The counterfeits of this world they can't forgive. Isn't that true? We've told a generation it's okay to murder your babies. But they're tormented by that. The only way to get set free of that is through the blood of Jesus and the forgiveness that God grants even in those situations. What a God of mercy and grace. Well, the psychiatrist lying to you, the politician lying to you, they're telling you it's okay. But you went through with it. And it's tormenting you to this day because they're lying to you. It wasn't okay. But the good news is, if you come to Jesus, He forgives the most terrible sins. 
He's able to cleanse a heart and take away the guilt and shame. That's the wonder of this salvation. That's the good news that we proclaim. That's the reality of the Savior that we serve. No one can get forgiveness, fulfillment, righteousness. You can give, give, give. But if your heart's not right with God, there's not righteousness. Look at Isaiah 55, 1 and 2. Look at Isaiah 55 and 1 and 2. And again, in that Old Testament, again and again, God equates um, His salvation to a wonderful banquet, to a rich banquet, to a glorious and generous banquet. Amen? Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. If you're thirsty, come. If you're weary, come. If you've tried this and tried that and found out it doesn't work, come to Jesus. He'll change you forever. Come all who are thirsty, come to the waters. You who have no money, come. Buy, eat, come. Buy wine, milk, without money, without cost. It's been paid for. The table's set. Everything's ready. You don't have to pay for this. Jesus paid for this. Amen? You don't got to go do, live this way and that way. Just come and receive Him. And look at that next line. This is beautiful. Why spend money on that which is not bread? People spend their fortunes just somehow trying to... And they never got there. Why spend money on that which is not bread or your labor on what does not satisfy? You don't got to be sick and tired to be sick and tired. Jesus said, come unto me all you that labor and are heavy laden, I'll give you rest. You can have the rest of forgiveness. The rest of acceptance in God. The rest of knowing heaven is your home. We have a world wanting rest. We try to earn it this way. We try to show off that way. We try to experience this and experience that. But we try all the counterfeits and we find out they fail us every time. We're still empty on the inside. We're still hurting on the inside. But Jesus said, Come unto me, all that are weary, all that are hurting, all that are guilty, all that are shameful, all that are frustrated with life. Come unto me and I, I'll give you rest. I'll give you that perfect peace. I'll give you the assurance of forgiveness and salvation. Why spend money? Why spend any more of your life on that which does not satisfy, on that which does not fulfill, that which will never get what you long for, and your labor on what doesn't satisfy? Listen, 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 the prophet says. Eat what is good, and your soul will delight in riches fair. It's a banquet. Salvation's a banquet. We sometimes we make it sound like it's a funeral or it's a famine where the Bible says it's a wonderful banquet. Amen. I mean, salvation's exciting. It's fulfilling. It's satisfying. It's vast and it's varied. Oh, taste and see the Lord is. He's kind of boring. No, no, no. The Lord is good. Amen. Oh, taste and see. Well, the Lord. No, no. I'll tell you what's not good. I don't want to go down that road. But I can tell you the Lord is good. And the riches of his grace. Not the pauper, the poverty of His, but the riches of His grace. What a salvation. What a salvation. You know, many pictures of salvation in the Bible. The Bible gives us illustrations, right? Images to help us understand. And this banquet's a good one, I think. I mean, there's an illustration of chasing down sheep, right? Lost sheep. I never chased a sheep. I don't know about you. Around here, I know a few of you probably chased a cow or two in your day that got over the pen. Amen? 
I remember early on in the early early on about eight years ago at prayer meeting, one of the old saints, bless her, she's with Jesus now. She got a phone call. Someone on the way to prayer meeting saw one of her cows broke through the fence, and so she's on her phone trying to get her son or her husband. We got a cow going down to Ramp Bull and get get to get the get the cow. And but I never had to run after a sheep, so that one doesn't kind of. And then how about the new birth? You know, babies. Now, I don't. I never. I never gave birth. Don't want to give birth. And never, never, never was there to when someone gave. You know, I don't. I, right? I mean, hey, one time in the, in the military. On that ambulance crew, we had a call. Woman was in labor. You better believe I volunteered to drive real quick. Amen. I said, I, I said, brother, you got the back. I'll drive this one. You just call it in. I'll call it in. Amen. I don't need no crowning or anything else. I mean, I'm driving. I'm driving. Just, just give me the info and I'll pass it on to headquarters as we go into the hospital. And that we died. I said, Lord, no, not me. Go ahead, brother. You got rank here. I'm driving. <laughs> Honest truth. Oh, you gotta be quick on those things. Amen. I'll drive. I'll drive. I got the keys. I don't want that. But how about a banquet? How about a banquet? Amen. Anybody here besides me relate to a banquet? With, with the holidays before us and Fred's down the road. Can anyone here relate to a banquet? Salvation's like a banquet. I mean, it's, it's a great salvation. I mean, there's healing and there's deliverance. And there's provision, and there's joy, and there's peace, and there's wisdom, and there's counsel. My goodness. Wow, wow, wow. I mean, you just keep going back. Oh, I didn't know. I saw. I missed that. Woo. I mean, talk about fried green tomatoes. My Lord, we've got, I mean, we've got it all in this salvation. Isn't that right? Oh, taste and see. The Lord will blow your mind. Amen. I I had one buddy one time. Even financially, God will bless you. I had a buddy of mine. We were in Southeastern 100 years ago. And um, he was from Long Island. And I just love that accent. Reminds me a little bit of growing up. I had family from that area. But we were talking about giving to God. And he says, oh, he didn't get saved until he was like 20, 22 years old. He said, oh, my pastor told me about tithing. And he said, it's 10% of your income. He goes, I said, really? That's awful cheap. And he goes, my pastor looked at me like I didn't understand what he was saying. And he goes, no, that's 10% of when you get your paycheck. And I looked back and said, oh, pastor, that's awful cheap. And finally, I'm what are you talking about cheap? Most people, you've got to pry them just to get, you know. He said, oh, pastor, out there in the world, I'm blowing more than that on one weekend, going to the bar, buying drinks for my buddies. I goes, oh, man, 10% is nothing. I said, that's easy. I'll give God that and five more percent. This is wonderful. I'm telling you, the Lord is good. Can you say amen? Now, listen, folks. You love God. I know this crew here. Don't be ashamed of loving God. Amen. I know those backsliders want to make you feel guilty because don't, you go ahead and be happy about serving God. Amen? They're the ones that are in rebellion. They're the backsliders. They ought to feel terrible about life. But you know Jesus. You're walking with eternal life. You've got a peace that the world can't give and the world can't take it away. Amen? Let the joy of the Lord be your strength. <laughs> Amen? Let the song of the Lord overflow from your heart. It, it, it's, it's, oh, it's a wonderful thing. Look at John 10 and John 10, 10 and 10. John 10 and 10. The thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but I have come that you might have life and have it. Who said that? Jesus said that? Woo, you want a prosperity preacher? You want a hyper-faith preacher? You know, I mean, some of the old timers, we, we, we had faith for suffering. We needed more faith for prospering. How about some faith for victory? Amen? 
I mean, we, I mean, I mean, they loved God, but man, they looked like God had died sometimes. You see that? Isn't that right? They dressed that way. They combed their hair that way. It, it was like if you act like you're in mourning. I mean, you go into hey, you go into Fred's or you go into Hopewell's. Amen. There's a difference, isn't that right? Isn't that true? I mean, when we go to we go to Hopewell's, we sad. I mean, we're gonna, we lost a friend. We lost a buddy. We're comforting. When we go to Fred's, we're saying glory to God. Woo! Hey. I'm trying to say Jesus said salvation is like a great banquet. Is that your image of salvation? It should be. Enjoy the blessings. He said, I come to give life and that more abundantly. I can't say you can have a wonderful life, a blessed life. And this is just merely the beginning. There's an eternity to come. Wow. Isn't that wonderful? Have it more abundantly. We had a little song we sing about that. More abundantly. Remember that one? More abundantly, more abundantly, that you might have life. More abundantly. Boom, boom, boom. Remember that one? Oh, we had them in the, old, in the day. We had them, folks. We had them. Wow. Look at, put my next verse up. Whatever it is, I'm just going to teach you. Go ahead. Hit one up there. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Just, just hit it. Just whatever's up there. The next verse I give you. I will teach it. Amen. I'm talking. This is a great salvation. This is a wonderful salvation. Yeah, I want you to know what you have. Amen. Too many, I see, I see too many Christians and, you know, like I said, that baptized pickle juice, lemon juice, isn't that right? But it's a wonderful thing to be saved. It's a wonderful thing to know Jesus, isn't it? Isn't it great to know you got a friend that'll never leave you nor forsake you? Isn't it great to know that even in this life, it, when it's over, we just boom, and we're in the presence of Jesus. Man, you can't beat that, man. You can't beat that. Isn't that true? Hey, listen, this is, it only gets better for us. Now, if you're not saved, it's the best it'll ever be. But if you know Jesus, man, it's just get better. Look at that. Uh, no, no, yeah, you had it up there, right? That was good, the one you had before. Second Peter 1, verses 3. The Bible talks about we have been given all things pertaining to life and godliness. This is a great salvation. It's a banquet. I want that image in your head. Jesus equates salvation to a wonderful banquet. The va- there's this, there's that. You can get some of it. You can get all you want. Amen? Forget them little blue plates. Throw them blue plates away. Amen? Get that, that big plate. Amen? Get all you can on that plate and come back for more. Isn't that right? But he said, this river never runs dry. You, you with me? You know, in the natural, we got to watch our budget, but not with God. He got no budget. Amen? He'll just bless you and bless you. You need more peace, He's got it. You need more joy, He's got it. You need some wisdom, He's got it. Amen? Woo! Hallelujah! His divine power has given, has given. Underline that, has given. We're not waiting on this stuff, amen? Right now, His divine power has given us everything we need, all things pertaining to life and godliness. Wow! Through our knowledge of Him. But right now, He's given us everything we need to live this life as more than conquerors. Isn't that wonderful? We're not, we're not lacking. You're not lacking. You've got it! Amen. Go ahead and work it. Go ahead and use it. And look at this. Not only has He given us all things, and through these, He's given us very great, very great, very great and precious. They're precious because only the believer can enjoy them. They're precious because Jesus purchased them. Oh, ah, that cross. Wonderful cross. eh? It all flows through the cross. Great and precious promises. Do you know promises in the Bible? Do you know your promises? Oh, folks, that's part of the riches of your salvation. They're for you. I mean, that's the will and testament. Amen? 
I mean, you know, like most of us come from blue-collar country, we just hope when our parents die we, 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 that we don't have to put them in the ground and pay for that. You know what I mean? We're just praying, Lord. But we're, not, you know, we're not rich. You know, we, we come from the blue-collar world. We're not... But I know, I know them other ones when they had something, right? Oh, what's in the will for me? Amen. What's in the will for me? And they want all that will. They want that will. You got a will sitting in your lap. Ooh, Jesus, purchase that. Put your name in it. Amen. Great. They're great and they're precious and they're yours. Go ahead and get a promise. Amen. You need a promise? What's your need? God's got a promise. What's your situation? God has a word. I'm saying salvation's a banquet. It's a wonderful thing. Why waste your life running after things that won't pay, things that will bring sorrow and shame, things that will just disappoint you in the end when you have a wonderful Savior by the name of Jesus who's given you a great salvation. He said, I give you all things pertaining to life and God. I give you great, very great. Woo! Great is good enough. Very great. Great, very great. And look at that. And through them, we can actually participate in the divine nature. Wow, that's pretty cool, isn't it? Participate in the divine nature. That's not the Milky Mouse Club. I mean, we can participate in the divine nature. Isn't that wonderful? It's a great salvation. Oh, this is a banquet. Let's go to the next. What's the next one? Whatever the verses are. The next verse is a psalm. Whatever it is. Toss it up there and we'll just go with this. This is good. I'm saying it's a banquet, not a funeral, not a famine. Amen. It's a hard old way. A hard old way. The Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. You must be transgressing if it's hard. Amen. I mean, Woo. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. How many know this one? Amen. Bless the Lord, O oh my... And this is Old Covenant. This is Old Covenant. This is Old Covenant, man. We, we all got a better covenant, right? We got something better. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Why are you getting so ecstatical? I'm going to tell you in a second. What's that next verse say? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul, and forget not all His benefits. Woo! Anybody like benefits? Anybody like benefits? Yeah, I like benefits. You like benefits? I like benefits. They're good. You like those benefits, don't you? You claim your benefits, don't you? Amen? You said, I worked for that company. I broke my back for 30 years. You better believe I'm going to claim my benefits. Amen? I mean, we fought for this. We fought, but Jesus fought for our benefits. Amen? Others fought. Others had a fight. So those tightwad owners would give the working man the proper thing. You can tell what side I grew up on. But if you left it to the owner, they'd just have you making $2 an hour. No, you've got to fight for what you want. I'm glad in the gospel Jesus fought, went to Calvary. Right, man? Threw off principality, threw off powers. Rose from the, kicked the end out of the tomb. And now the benefit belongs to you and the benefit belongs to me and Jesus paid it all. Amen. Isn't that wonderful? Amen. They didn't take part of my pay. I know, he paid it all. He paid it all. Wow. Wow. Oh, just think about that. The natural. If you had a benefit in the natural, you'd claim it, wouldn't you? Uh, they said they're going to pay for everything. You'd claim it, wouldn't you? You wouldn't just say, well, you know, no, no, hey, I, hey, I paid for that, man. I worked in that sweatshop 30 years. I was out there. I want that benefit. I need that benefit. But Jesus said, go ahead and just bless me. You got the benefits. Forget not all his benefits. Don't forget them. Enjoy them. Employ them. What kind of benefits? Let's see what we got. He forgives all our sins. Isn't it nice to know there's no more condemnation for those in Christ Jesus? Now, maybe some of you folks never sinned before you came to the Lord, but let me talk from the sinners, pan, from the sinners group over here. We are very glad 
that He don't remember what we used to be. We are very glad that those terrible things we did, His blood forgave us and cleansed us. Oh, I'm thankful. Anyone thankful for forgiveness? Amen. All our sins. All our sins. All our sins. Woo! And He healed all my diseases. Yeah. What's that next one? He redeems your life from the pit. It took me out of that pit of sin and confusion and discouragement. That pit of all. And He crowns us with love and mercy and compassion. He places upon us. That's God's will for you. That's God's will for you. Amen. God's will for you. Wow. 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 Oh, He's satisfied. See, there's satisfaction in knowing the Lord. We're satisfied people. Amen. We walk with God. We got the blessings of heaven. Amen. Oh, I said, no, no, we don't, we don't got to jump wives halfway through. We're satisfied. God's good to us. Amen. Come on, say amen. amen. I mean, we're blessed. You know, that world's looking for satisfaction. That world. God, I'm not happy. I'm not. No, of course you're not happy. You're not right with your Creator. How can the creation be happy if you're not right with your Creator? But oh, when things are good between you and your God. Look out, look out, look out. Amen. Satisfies our desire with good things. There's that good again. You know, some people don't think God's good. The Bible is so full of saying God is good and He gives good gifts. Mm-hmm. We're a blessed people, are we not? Amen. Isn't it good to be a Christian? Yes, it is. Wow. Amen. Good things. Our youth is renewed like the eagles. Wow. Give us that next one. Whatever that next verse is. We just You throw it and I'll talk it. Hallelujah. Whew. How about this one? This is beautiful. Isn't this beautiful? This makes me, part of me wants to cry. The other part just wants to run and shout when I read that verse. He does not, hey, great things he hath not done. How about that? Amen? Yeah. He, he does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. Woo! Great things he's not done. There's a few prayers I'm glad he didn't answer. Amen? There, there's a few things I, I'm glad he didn't. Amen? This is one of them. Hallelujah. As far, in fact, as far as the east is from the west. That's pretty far. So far as he removed our transgressions for don't don't you let the devil mess with your head. It's under the blood. God forgave it. God forgot it. You are free of it. Walk in the beautiful freedom of forgiveness. Oh, look at this one. Look at this one. We're this is a banquet, folks. This is a banquet. Amen. What is it that you need? We got forgiveness over here. We got fulfillment over here. We got power over here. Woo! Go ahead, fill your plate up again. Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those that fear him. You ever stumble and you just need some compassion? Lord, Lord, I don't, I don't need a lecture right now. I, I need, I hit that one twice a week, I think. Lord, just hit that one. Anybody? I want some compassion. I need compassion. You need compassion? Amen. Yeah, 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 yeah. What a God we serve. Wonderful to be saved, isn't it? Wasn't it wonderful to be saved? Ah, hallelujah. I like this one. He knows how we're formed. Isn't it good to have a God that understands us? That understands, isn't that true? Isn't that good? He understands us? He remembers. He knows we're frail. He he knows we don't got our act together. We're on the journey, but we're not there yet. Aren't you glad that He treats us with compassion, knowing that we're still on the way? Isn't that right? Oh, what a God, what a God, what a God. That means He's not, He's demanding, but not over-demanding. He's exhorting us forward without being condemning and accusatory in that. 
because he knows how we're formed. Isn't that good? All right, give me another one. Give me another one. I'll close it down. But give me get whatever the next verse is I gave you. Hallelujah. I gave you one more. But it says Thanksgiving that's coming up. Amen. So let us be thankful. Amen. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Now, with the Bible written under inspiration of the Holy Spirit, can't find a word to describe this gift. It must be some gift. Thanks be to God for his, talking about Jesus, his indescribable gift. Thanks. Thanks be to God. We should be, well, we are thankful people, aren't we? And when you sit at that table and you see that feast and you see all your favorite, you got your stuffings and you got your collards and you got your taters and you got all gravy, you got it, right? When you're looking at that, Jesus equates that to your salvation. It's not some of these hungry men, little meals, beat the thing, it's frozen, you know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Lord, I don't know what this is. Uh-huh. No, no, no. Salvation. Wow, oh, there's forgiveness. Wow, eternal life. You mean, you mean death's not the end? No, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh, joy. And there's peace and there's counsel and there's comfort and there's some gentleness and there's some kindness. Oh, there's gifts. My goodness, there's gifts. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. It's the thankfulness of Jesus, 1 Corinthians 15. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. He's conquered death so you and I don't have to die. He's defeated death so you and I can live forever. This is no real death to the child of God. It's just transition. There's no real death to the child of God. From our perspective, it seems that way. But from, that, from your perspective, that spirit, and that boom. It's just a transition. It's just a transition. You're just walking through and coming out. Transition. Wow. Oh, that gift has given us victory over death and eternal life. That's 1 Corinthians 15. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Then Romans 7. Thanks be to God. Remember how Paul says, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. Christ, Christ, Christ. I want to be thankful because Christ gives us victory in the here and now. Even as we live this life, we can overcome old habits. We can overcome old hang-ups. Wow. Thanks be to God. And we are a blessed people, are we not? Yeah, yeah, that, that's the... And then, and, and hallelujah. Oh, Lord. And so when you're reading your Bible, mark down those promises. Write down those benefits. Take special note of them. They're yours. Amen? They're not just for the special elite, you know, of, of the church. If you're a child of God, they belong to you. Enjoy them. And every time you think of them, let it remind you of how good your God is. How wonderful your Savior is. Amen? Amen. Father... We thank you so much that you have given us a great salvation through Jesus, through his precious shed blood, through his victory on the cross. We who were one time were afar off have been brought near. We who were one time were trying to fill our emptiness with substitutes and counterfeits have now found reality. We have found the real thing. We have found a true salvation, a great salvation. Lord Jesus, we love you. We thank you that you paid it all and that now all we've had to do is respond to your call. Lord, we love you. Help us. We thank you that the invitation came to our hearts, that the invitation came to our lives. And now, Lord, help us to do our part 
to call others to this great banquet. Help us, Father, to do our part and be bold and faithful in sharing the good news with others and inviting others to come and receive and feed. Come and dine at the table of salvation. Now, Father, bless these dear ones. Give them a great week. Lord, I just pray that as they meditate on Your goodness, as they read and think on Your Word, they will just be richly blessed as they see again and again how blessed they are in Jesus, how wonderful their salvation is, how many, 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 many benefits and gifts and expressions of kindness belong to them because they belong to Christ. Father, use them and bless them. Work your works in them and through them. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, God bless you. Have a great night. See you on Sunday.